Welcome to Imagine It Envisions Journeys, where creators from the entertainment world discuss their journey to turning their dreams into reality with your host, Justin D. Williams. everybody welcome to talk to the geek and imagine divisions i have a great great interview today we are really blown away with the short film we're going to be discussing and it is called the four men and as always we might have our guests introduce themselves so take it away cool um my name is adrian bob i'm the writer director uh vfx supervisor for the short <laughs> I'm Brian Quintero. I'm a producer with Dead Mariachi Films, and I collaborated with Adrian on this fantastic project. And let's get a kick it off. First of all, I gotta say congratulations. I was able to get the screening thanks to you guys and completely blown away. Um, Adrian, since you are the writer and I had to ask some writing questions as a writer myself, where did this concept come from? How did the ideas come about? I mean, it's it was always one of those things where, I mean, I've always been a love, I've always had a love of paleontology. Uh, I'm a big science nerd. And um, it, it was just kind of one of those things that when you're a kid, you know, you you have these ideas and thoughts where it's just like, what, what, if I were to rewind back time, what would the space that I'm in right now be? Would there be a forest here or would there be an ocean here? You know, I just always have been doing that game in my head since I was a kid. And then of course you do the opposite after you've done those thoughts you, you start thinking well what's going to come after and you know I feel like I've always had that idea and I've just wanted to find the right way to tell that story and during the past year it was just something where I was kind of like you know what it could be a really cool I haven't seen this before you know what would that story look like what would that um, story be and then you know what would it be if you pushed it into the darkest possibility where you know the things that we become end up being almost you know monstrous so uh, it really is just a, 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 you know, questions that came out of just analyzing what is out there and what uh, we know about paleontology and about, you know, deep time as it's a concept. Yeah. And especially with the visual effect with the designs there, um, I don't want to spoil it, but there is <laughs> the creatures that's in there are very, very unique. Um, how did that come about to really just imagining how that's going to pull off? So the funny thing about that is, is the only ones I designed were the foreman. So, uh, which, which obviously wasn't uh, an easy task either. It, it, like any good design, it requires a lot of iterations, a lot of, you know, bouncing it off of people, Brian being one of them, um, and really kind of refining it to something that, that works, but, you know, also treads that fine line of that that's mysterious, but also, you know, human, because that's what they are um and and really kind of trying to give us that sense of they've gone so far that it's almost like what if a chimpanzee were to look at you know us there's just weirdness they wouldn't quite get but they'd still relate in some way right so it's it was kind of finding that strange line there but with all the other creatures uh they're actually things that have existed on this planet and and that's a big part of the story was that you know it it, it time kind of collapses on itself and you get living things and 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 objects and terrain from every era suddenly just collapsed into one moment into one present so uh it was just me kind of going through the catalog of 
the strangest, the weirdest, and usually biggest things that have ever lived on the planet. And, and Brian, can you tell us what were your reactions and what made you join the project, like when you read the script and, you know, heard about Adrian's vision? Yeah, so um, I met Adrian at a film festival. Shout out to Blood and Stone Film Festival. <laughs> and we met during the Deadly Exposure, which was sort of the market uh, place. And Adrian and I, um, I saw his short film and I was blown away by it. So we started talking, kind of spitballing ideas, trying to find ways to make that happen. And and honestly, it was it was Adrian who who sold me. Like he has a person and genuine artists and crafted with his passion to the VFX. I, I don't know that world. So for me, it was, it was sort of uh, eye opener. It's like here, are, I, I understand production in a, in a practical sense, but it, in, in that sort of VFX world, it, it opened my horizon of like, well, this is achievable and this is possible. <laughs> and so even going throughout every step of the, uh, Adrian and I were working the, the writing process of it and we're, finiting it and refining it and just finding ways to get to the core of the characters but also allowing that the environment around them plays a character itself and and how they adapt to that environment so um we the biggest goal for myself was to take my time and really give adrian everything that he needed to to flourish with that from production design to time and casting and casting was a core element as well we we needed the right sam to to helm this project so we took our time with it and and that time gave us enough to to really um maximize what the potential of the story would be and so my experience on set was because there's no vfx i'm like i have to trust adrian you know tooth and nail in terms of well okay what's this gonna look like and i just have to trust them and the end result is just is exactly what we were hoping for. Especially let's touch a little bit on that world building aspect of the project, because there was a lot of world building with this, which I really didn't enjoy, especially with Sam and I won't spoil the other characters and the fates of the characters, but the, to, to have some such an uh, original idea such as this, what are some of the challenges that you would say you guys came across when it came to just that world building aspect of it? I mean, it was, it's, it's, I think the thing with world building that is often kind of missed is, you know, you, you have to kind of think about it, not so, not necessarily in terms of the logistics of it, but also the emotions you're trying to give. And this is a world that was very much meant to almost be confused and sad was kind of the, the words I kept writing over and over um, where, you know, it's, it's a world where all of time is just so like scrambled and everything's so lost and, and confused that, you know, and, and, and obviously that's reflected in our main character, Sam, as well. So it's, it, everything has a very somber kind of, you know, tone about it. And then you work backwards from there. So it's kind of like, okay, we need, that's what it has to feel like. Uh, and then here's over here on the other side are the logistics. So it's, how do I come up with, you know, the logistics of this, how this would fall apart and how this would all like, you know, get crammed together. And one of the things I kept kind of thinking about them, you know, I love video games is when video games glitch yeah. and suddenly you have things that are colliding into each other. You have geometry that's just stuck. 
And I've always loved that image because it's, it's, I mean, in a video game, when you play it, it's, it's laughable. You kind of, it's a joke, but I always thought like, you know, what if that were real, that would be absolutely horrifying. Like you just suddenly see a car that's sticking out of a mountain or you're seeing, you know, um, just matter just suddenly stuck. Um, and the instantaneousness of that was just always really interesting to me too. So that it was kind of that, you know, finding all these interesting visuals that, work together but in the end still tell the story and and that's really what it comes down to is is reflecting sam's uh kind of mentality or her, her emotional state in the in the world that's surrounding her and from a okay. pro, sorry just to add the from a production standpoint as well uh some of the challenges were were consistent weather uh yeah. we found that it was coming in and out from the sun and for, in, in, to support those visuals we actually went to three different, it, we're from uh, Toronto, Canada, but outside in the greater Toronto area, we mm -hmm. went to three complete different areas to film to capture these unique, like the rocks the, it, it, by the beach or the, these like really extensive sort of farm, you know, uh, RVs and, and long landscapes. Uh, all of these locations were necessary for, for these visuals. So we just try to, you know, explore all that and, and capture it. Yeah. And you can also say that the, the setting itself, just watching it, that's what I took from it too. The setting itself is a character because it's the way the elements are and the way Sam was just navigating through this dark world, especially towards the end where you really see like, oh, we get that established shot of everything. I was like, oh, whoa, okay. This is how it is. Because for the most part, she's inside. She's in this room with another character. And they're just trying to survive. Then once she finally mm -hmm. leaves and you see like, oh, there it is. This is what the, that, that, that emotion, like you guys were just saying, that emotion of that setting comes into play. And I was just like, man, this, 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 is, this is it right here. <laughs> That's awesome really to hear. Yeah, because I, I was watching and I was just like, man, this is great. And I loved the, like, the tone. And it was getting, it's getting intense. It's getting intense. And there's some little psychological elements to that, too. And then once she gets outside and we see that shot and we see the world that, that's building up. Because it was like, what is it outside? Because the first shot we see, she's outside. But then when she goes inside, I was like, okay. Then when she goes out and then it's like, oh. And then the reveal comes and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I had to ask this because... I, it's kind of a cliffhanger. Will there be more? <laughs> or do you have plans for more? <laughs> That's honestly the best question that we can get for this. Uh, yes, we are working on a feature version of this at the moment. Okay. Um, we're in very early stages, but uh, I, I, I mean, you know, one of the things that happens whenever I work on almost any short is I write just, you know, I just have a document that's just incomprehensible ideas just like piled after each, each one after the other and like the rules and like what can't break, be broken and what can be broken and you know and, and I think that that requires especially in a short requires so much discipline to kind of figure out okay what do we want to show and and like kind of what you're saying you know we start off small and then we kind of by the end of the film give you a larger scope of what that is I think the short will act as that kind of smaller you know uh viewpoint into what the feature will be um where we really get to explore you know uh, a, a little bit more about what the foremen are 
a little bit more about what they want um, and a little bit more in terms of what the world was actually, what actually happened to the world. And uh, whereas in this short, we kind of see it, you know, a few weeks after, uh, the feature will also explore what happens the minute, the, the literal second that this event occurs. And you wearing, both of you were wearing multiple hats. So what would you say was the hardest part? I mean, Adrian, you're writing, you're directing, visual effects as well. Brian, you're casting, looking locations. What would you say was probably the biggest challenge for you uh, since you were wearing multiple hats? Um, I'll let you go. I'll go. First. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs> Just in case we don't say the same thing. Uh, <laughs> on top, I, I will have to say on top, uh, Adrian also moments had to do some of the lifting in, in, in the production of himself. So really when, you know, he wears multiple hats. But for, for myself, Honestly, it was one of the smoothest, smoothest production because again, I told Adrian, no, like if we want to do this, have, have faith in me that we, we really <laughs> need to take our time, especially yeah. that there's so many different components. I found um, the two things that kind of were concerning. And again, even with all that time, we had like three, four months of pre-production mm. for sure, which is, you know, uh, hefty. I found on my end, the, the two main things that were becoming a little critical leading into the last few weeks were casting for sure. Casting was really tough in the sense because we weren't sure if we wanted to go the non-union routes or the union routes and tape after tape after tape. We, we just, we just were missing something. Like we had a lot of candidates, a lot of potential, but when Sophia just came in and she nailed it. it. It was like, that. that's her. She's right there. And I would say the second thing was the logistics in terms of location. A big part of it was during that time um, in, in Toronto specifically, there was a lot of productions that are happening and there were no vehicles for transport and we needed that desperately. So I literally found independent vehicle companies to, to rent from. Um, and we needed enough for all the production design, all the gear. And because we're going through, going to three different, like really long, uh, uh, you know, locations, um, that, that was really challenging because we need to pull the trigger on it uh, literally a week before going to camera. But once I came through, everything was smooth from there. And Adrian? And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those funny things where like, I'm so used to doing everything for my own projects because it's the only way I can get them done, to be honest. It's, uh, I, I think, um, you know, I obviously I, I have uh, 15 years of background in VFX, so I know that space very well. I've worked in that industry, I've worked in animation and video games as well. And it's the kind of thing that um, I, you know, I, I, I've seen a lot of films done well, but I've seen even more done not so well. And, uh, you know, and, and, it, and I've also seen it done not so well in the way where when it's been fixed, it's because more money was involved, not necessarily because more creative, creative solutions were found. And to me, that's just become such a passionate thing to bring to, to all of the projects that I work on. So, you know, when I'm writing, I'm drawing, I'm, you know, modeling on the computer, I'm, I'm like sculpting on the computer, I'm, I'm doing map paintings, I'm, uh, you know, it's it's not one thing, which is why it's always so hard to even just say sometimes like writer director. I think director is definitely the best word for it. But 
it, it is this kind of, you know, I did the posters, I did the, the advertising, I did the trailer, I did a lot of these things. And it's not necessarily, I mean, you know, I feel like as I'm getting older, I'm also being like, I have to put the brakes on that sometimes because it's like, you know, uh, you have to, 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 to choose your battles, but then you also find people that are better at you at doing certain things mm -hmm. and you start relying on their abilities and their talents. And I think with this team, we had that. Um, so, you know, in the stuff that I knew I could do, it was because I, not only did I know I could do it, it's because I was doing it. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, pre-production and post-production are weirdly the same somehow for me. So I like to just, you know, when I'm writing it, it's like, I know what the monster is. I know what that's going to look like. I know how that's going to respond. So in the script, the visuals and the, the words are doing the same thing. Um, it's not something that's going to be offboarded later in the process. It's all happening at once. Um, so, you know, by the time we get to production, it's this fun thing where it's like, well, I have a little bit of control, but, you know, I have this amazing cast. I have this amazing crew. And, you know, and, and obviously they put a lot of trust in me because there was a lot they did not see um, and did not know what it was going to be. But you know, they, they trusted in me. And I feel like you have no choice but to respect that and trust in them back. And I just had such an awesome crew and, and, and cast on this that, um, you know, I, I think it says something to smaller, shorter, independent films when you can get, um, you know, a, the crew is not just like, people that you meet that one day and, and leave it is a team and uh you know and 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 that love and that labor is what you see on the screen i remember one of the earlier conversations funny enough adrian's like it, don't worry i i got it i'm gonna do uh production design i'm like no <laughs> i had to say i I'm like i had to say no to him because i i wanted just to focus on the directing and we we actually brought a team of of uh production designer set deck and, and art yeah, and they so, did an awesome job too so oh they killed it yeah and that's and that's the thing the thing right like it's like you you start realizing your talents and where you enjoy being but then you also start seeing like oh you know what that's actually great they can do that they can focus on that i'm i'm going to force myself away mm -hmm. and and you know let those talents you know speak for themselves and i think like it's it's like a weird opposite sort of thing. I think where most of the directors I've seen work, they're there for that day and then they leave. Yeah. For me, it's very much an investment, you know, and, and it's an and and I and I still think that even with a larger team, it is still an invested investment mm -hmm. because now you're invested investing in other people's talents and their passion as well. Mm -hmm. Uh so and uh final question will be where can people find you guys and how how can they uh what short films are you going to be showing just in case people who have attendance they can go see it check it out um sure uh so obviously uh foreman will be shown next in holly shorts um on the 14th at noon at the uh, uh chinese theaters on hollywood boulevard um and uh we'll we'll have a few other festivals after that so uh, it won't be online for a bit, but um, if you want to check out all the development for the project, you can definitely follow me on my website at Adrian Bob. Um, that's B-O-B-B, -B, three Bs. And uh, you can also find me on Instagram, A-Bob. Uh, and it's pretty much, you find that name. You're not going to find too many others. It's a weird name. So uh, you can find me just by searching mm -hmm. that. And for Instagram, you can follow me at Dead Mariachi Films and you can um or my personal page is at this is 
this is Quintero, and we'll be posting um, the the more results of other film festivals as they come in. So, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us here at Atakas the Geeks and Imagine Divisions. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for Imaginative Visions Journeys. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Imaginative Visions, you can visit imaginativevisions.com.